Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for CEO Exclusive, brought to you by Anona Enterprises. Good morning and welcome to CEO Exclusive, where we get emerging trends from CEOs and their most trusted advisors. I'm your host, Swaini Koch. Are you up on the latest technology trends that will most definitely transform your business and your life? Greg Chestnut and Jerry Stern from Prime Technological Services, a contract manufacturing firm, shared technology trends with me before the show that they think every CEO absolutely must know. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you. Good morning. You can find out more about Greg and Jerry and Prime Technological Services at CEOExclusiveRadio.com. And we're not going to talk about all 12 trends on today's show, but on Thursday you can check out our weekly blog where you'll get information on all those trends. So, Greg, what do you want to talk with us about today? Which of those trends do you think are important for us to discuss? Well, I thought there would be three that would be particularly interested to listeners, both from a business perspective and also just as consumers and members of a rapidly evolving society in which we live. Uh, One is gene sequencing and kind of the growth and medical innovation that's being spawned by that. Um, A second is the proliferation of nanotechnology, uh, and a third would be the compression of battery technology, and certainly we see uh, signs of all three of these emerging in our business, so we thought that would be of interest. Yeah, and on the battery and compression technology, I was listening to a report on NPR, and they were saying that a part of the the blowback on the compression thing is, is, are things like what happened with Samsung. Right. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about these three trends and what the implications are for people in business. Well, let's t- we'll start with uh, the compression of battery technology. So uh, as an electronics manufacturer, obviously everything that we build uh, relies on access to current and, and electricity. Um, so the trend that we're seeing is innovation that is increasing the useful life of batteries uh, increasing storage capacity in batteries and allowing uh, on, a, on sort of a micro level the, the um, decoupling or untethering of devices from a power source where the particular application of the device or the technology can be very mobile. Now, we've seen that obviously for a long time, but anybody that's ever you know, looked down and seen that ubiquitous bar on their phone and see it light up red understands that there are limitations to that. So the trend and the big idea is finding ways to make power-consuming devices work longer, function faster, and do so much more efficiently decoupled from a power source. Mm -hmm. Uh, On a macro scale, the battery technology is really more about Uh, the utilization of generation capacity for electricity Mm -hmm. and then finding ways to store electricity uh, until it's needed. Because if you know much about the power generation and distribution markets, um, that's, there's a big disconnect there. I mean, at the times that, uh, that power is necessarily needed, it may not be available based on existing generation capacity and generation capacity is extremely expensive to build. So, um, you know, probably the two big trends that we see in that technology are being able to decouple devices from the wall and from a power source and then finding ways to better balance power generating capacity and storage with point of use demand and consumption need. Can you give us a cool, like a cool, maybe everyday relatable example of, of, of each of these trends with this one in particular? Well, probably the one that's uh, that's in the media right now um, 
everyone out there is familiar with Tesla, and probably a lot of the listeners probably drive them. Um, <laughs> Elon Musk is 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 an, a next wave of innovation of that company is developing its own proprietary lithium ion storage system that's basically designed to store more power, greater capacity, and allow for a longer running life between charges of the vehicle. So that's that's one that, you know, we, we see the vehicle on the road every day. And, and um, if you think about kind of how that, uh, what a game breaker that is, um, if you have to stop less to, to recharge uh, the battery or the power source on the vehicle, you can travel, you can travel farther, you can travel greater distances. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, that's probably an example of um, of the the decoupling trend, if you will. Yeah, and I would love to only have to charge my cell phone once a week. That would be nice, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. So, uh, what about nanotechnology? Uh, nanotechnology for you know people who sort of may not be familiar with what it is. It's 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 really the science and technology uh, and application of engineering uh, at a very very small particle level. I'm not a physicist, uh, but it's really about the utilization of or the utilization of technology and materials to make them smaller, to make them lighter, to make them higher functioning, to make them faster. And so, um, you know, we're seeing that uh, in the electronics market with the compression of, of what we call actives, which are semiconductors and devices that actually perform functions on a circuit board. Uh, they're getting smaller. They're taking less space. The functionality that programmers are able to code into them is is just expanding very very rapidly, and you know there's been a concern that sort of in the modern era of computing, uh, you know the, the the industry has operated on a principle called Moore's law, which basically says that uh, going back to the 60s, the amount of transistors on a circuit board or the amount of computing power decreases or, or increases rather exponentially. And as that occurs, costs fall very rapidly. Right. And there's a concern that we may be sort of getting to the end of, uh, of that trend. Uh, the application of nanotechnology and, and, and that science in chip design, uh, I think most people who are familiar with this uh, see that as an extension of, of, of Moore's law. And basically, the expectation that we can have is that we'll continue to get significant enhanced functionality out of devices uh, at lower and lower costs. Mm. And that's just one application in the industry that we're in. There, there are numerous applications in uh, everything from uh, fabrics and uh, apparel design to roadway construction. Mm. Uh, Great. And what about gene sequencing? Gene sequencing is, um, it, it, on, the, on the medical and the healthcare side of the world, um, it's a trend that I believe, and, and I may have some of this data wrong, but I, I think up until the time that the first human genome was sequenced, uh, it took about $3.7 billion of research uh, to get us to a point that we could do that. Um, as recently as 10 years ago, it costs $100 million to sequence a, a human genome. Today, 10 years later, it costs 1000 And the projections are the next five years that um, with the application of, of technology available, it's going to cost $100. So what's happening um, as the cost of that technology has declined, uh, price elasticity of demand is taking over, which is just a fancy economic term for the cheaper something is, the more of it people will demand. And so I believe the numbers that I, that I, that I read prior to coming on are that the projections are that by 2019, we will have sequenced over 2 billion genomes uh, and 50 million human genomes. So if you think about what that enables in terms of medical research and the utilization of that research 
for therapy, for treatment. You know, from our perspective in business, uh, I mean, it, 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 it points to two eventual outcomes. We should see a significant proliferation in the device market, mm-hmm. um, whether that's delivery systems for medication, um, whether that's treatment technology. Uh, and really, uh, that trend is going to, over time, take us to a much, much more personalized healthcare system well, I was just because, gonna, yeah, because of the application of that technology. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, are we going to get to the point where everybody's just going to have, it probably won't even be a thumb drive at that point, but we'll have some storage capacity that has their entire, their own personal gene sequence on it. And you'll take it to the doctor and the doctor will use that to do all kinds of things. I think that's a a likely outcome. And then, of course, we won't get into that today, but that raises all sorts of uh, other issues. Privacy, yada, 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 But but yeah, that we see, I mean, those are three of the 12 that we talked about the other day that, that we see are... Uh, are significant game changers. And, mm-hmm. and again, you know, the, the sort of from a, from a bringing this back to a business perspective, you know, as a CEO and leaders in companies, um, I think this is really all about awareness, understanding what's going on out there. Um, and uh, because what it really touches on in business is um, uh, the, the speed of innovation and the rate of change and the acceleration in the rate of change. Mm-hmm. And that really points to two things in business. It points to the creation of opportunity, but it also points to disruption because, mm-hmm. right, I mean, op- the, other, the other side of the coin, um, in business at least, for innovation and change, the, the other side of the innovation coin, one being opportunity, is disruption. And, and as, uh, as leaders in business, you, it, it, it's helpful to stay on top of these things and try to understand how your business is going to be affected by them. Well, you want to be the disruptor, not the disruptor. A- absolutely. Right? You want change to, you, you want to act on change, not have change act on you. Right. And, and Jerry, as um, the, the person who is head of sales in, in, in the midst of all this change at Prime Technological Services, what are the implications for you? Because you can't, you can't adopt every technology, right? And you can't sell every technology. So how does how are you staying nimble and and using these these trends to your advantage? Well, modernization of our equipment allows us to touch a lot of different vertical markets and support a lot of different demands within those vertical vertical markets. And we've done that quite by design. <clears throat> so there's it's not typical that all industries are down at the same time. So we've structured ourselves so we can support seven, eight, nine different vertical markets uh, with a number of different requirements uh, from prototype to full production of any one of those products. Hmm. And is one of the things that I, and correct me if I'm wrong, that I imagine as a contract manufacturer, the implications of of a lot of these um, trends are allowing you to do maybe smaller runs, add more innovation to the products that um, that you can manufacture, what is what is the specific impact of these trends on prime technology, technological services, I should say? Uh, we have to be nimble. Technology is forcing change at a very rapid rate. Even on similar designs or the same design, we will get changes on that design from our customers within a week's time. So v- different technology is coming out very quickly, and it's replacing a, uh, existing technology that's already uh, just being or just now being designed. Mm-hmm. So flexibility is key. Responsiveness is key. And how do you stay responsive? What, what is your approach to, to maintaining that level of responsiveness? So we, our culture is, is one of uh, very customer-centric. Everyone in our company has responsibility for the customer experience. And they all recognize that. And that's part of our culture. 
each employee knows their responsibility, knows their part in, in uh, essentially bringing the customer the product that they need in a timely fashion and, and, and communicating any challenges along the way. Mm. So again, uh, keeping, keeping current with our, with our equipment is, is pretty vital to what we do. To sell technology, you have to have up-to-date technology. Right. So your company has been on the Inc. 5000 four years in a row, yes? Uh, the, yes, that's correct. Congratulations, first well, of all. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. What's your expectation for being able to maintain that level of performance? And Greg, as I was saying, you can't adopt every technology. So how do you go about picking which ones you're going to adopt and focus on and use to use for your business versus the ones that you will stay aware of, but you're not really going to take any action on? Well, first of all, um, I mean, the first question we have to answer when we're looking at a technology trend uh, is, is it going to manifest itself somehow in a product market? Because at the end of the day, we're a manufacturer and manufacturers build products, right? So that's kind of the first cut of screening. And some of the things that we talked about the other day, they may be interesting uh, and they may have ancillary effects on product markets, but they're, they're really not center of plate for us. So sort of the first step is trying to understand how a technological trend is going to manifest itself in demand for a product. So I'll give you a, a real world example. We, um, I don't know, about seven years ago, we started looking at our customer base. Um, we started trying to understand, you know, key technologies that our customer base was, uh, was embracing. And we happened to stumble onto the lighting market. Uh, the, there's been a tremendous amount of innovation in the lighting market. Over you mean the last like fluorescent lights and lamps? A absolutely. And LED. Yeah. 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 So, so the, the technology that we saw emerging there, and we felt that it was going to be a very, very rapid adoption, of, was utilization, as Jerry said, of, of LED technology and mm -hmm. lighting. And so that started in the commercial markets. And now we see it. You go into Home Depot today. I can and buy an LED you, light you bulb. You can buy an LED light bulb. So we set out as a company very, very deliberately to build expertise in understanding, understanding how to build those products, understanding how to support customers in getting those products to market very, very rapidly. Because that's the interesting thing in, in business when you have this sort of exponential growth. I mean, I call it the great Oklahoma land grab. Everybody, not everybody, but you know, companies that are astute, that are surveying the horizon, they see these markets emerging and they sense that change. And as a service provider, to companies that are bringing products to market, the most critical aspect of what we do is to accelerate the commercialization process for them and getting products to market fast. So Jerry talked about culture. Um, culture is a really, really big part of that. Because Your culture. Our culture and our company. And Jerry talked about everybody on our team sort of knowing their job because uh, the person who wins in that business, if you're in the business of accelerating innovation and getting products to market quicker, you have to be the person who says, yes, we can do that. Now, that can't be a hollow promise. I was going to say, you, can yeah, you? <laughs> no, yes, we can. Uh, and what we've done is we've been very deliberate about the selection of manufacturing technology that we use to build our customers' products. We've been very deliberate about training and development of, of our team so that they know that speed to market is important and that customer demands are going to be very, very high. Uh, we've also around our information systems and just really the entire infrastructure that supports the value delivery system in our business. We have tried to build into that a recognition that a key differentiator for us is being a reliable and a trusted partner in accelerating 
innovation to market. And the lighting example is is one that I gave. And in terms of how we we picked that, uh, we 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 looked. We started with our customer base. We started with the market opportunity uh, available to us. We thought it was something that we could execute on. And we took a leap and said, you know, we believe this technology is going to have a very, very rapid adoption cycle. And luckily, uh, we were right. And so that's driven a lot of our growth in both the lighting and the controls market. Efficiencies in all aspects of our business is, is key, right? Mm-hmm. Sales, purchasing, production, test. It, it, it allows us, A, to be more competitive. Uh, and more, more importantly, it allows, uh, it allows our customers to concentrate on what they do best. And that's design and marketing of their product. Mm. And for the, the CEOs listening to the show, I'm wondering, how do you measure that efficiency? Because in manufacturing, I mean, everything is like to the, you know, whatever, whatever percent. Right. Uh, so how do you know when, when you're hitting those efficiency marks and how do you get that to, to filter through all of your operations? Well, we do it uh, sort of on a, we do it both on a, on a macro level and on a micro level. You, you know, we look at some, some very, very thumbnail measurements like revenue per employee, gross margin per employee. We also measure, quotations are a big part of our business. Someone comes to us, they want us to help, they, they want uh, us build, to help them with a project. Build me this thing. Yeah, build me this thing. Here's my design. How much is it going to cost you know, for you to build this. So we measure our quote turnaround time. Uh, we do a we have a lot of measurements on manufacturing throughput, and we sort of will do that at at a machine level, and we'll also do it across the production system in our business. So um, the, the metrics are employed again, uh, large scale, small scale, enterprise wide, but also individual functions within the business, uh, and we pay very close attention to them. Uh, we track them weekly, um, and you know, when we find that there's need for improvement, we try to do a deep dive, you know, using our own internal quality system to understand how we can be better at supporting our customers' needs. For those of you listening, we're talking to Greg Chestnut and Jerry Stern of Prime Technological Services about major technology trends that absolutely will be changing your business and that you as CEOs should be aware of. I want to turn a little a conversation a little bit to talk about your culture and talk about the people side that has made you so successful. Mm-hmm. Every CEO I've spoken to on the show has said it's their team that makes them makes them what they are. What are your recommendations in regard to building a really amazing team and, and building that culture that allows you to be on the Inc. 5000 list year after year after year after year? Sure. Um, well, it, it all starts with hiring great people, but let's assume that's a given because everybody fights that battle every day that's building a business. But for us, what we've found to be effective are sort of four things. First is making sure that we have absolute clarity of values, vision, and the direction of our enterprise, uh, which is sort of where are we trying to take this business and what's important to us along the way in the journey and taking it there. Uh, You know, sort of what are those core principles that we choose to stand for as a company and how do they manifest themselves in the day-to-day conduct of our business? Um, Second, I would say, and we touched on this, good and consistent communication rhythm at all levels in the organization. I mean, it's not enough to have clarity of vision and and values and direction in an enterprise, you've got to create a conversational rhythm in the business that reinforces those, or they get lost in the den of day-to-day business. We talked about metrics. You know, we try to design uh, and measure 
aspects of our business, design metrics and measure aspects of our business that track those value, those values, the vision and the direction of the company. Um, and and they're, they're, we don't have a hundred. We have a we we try to have a few very key ones. And most importantly, we try to understood that they're frequently communicated and that they're widely understood. Because if people don't understand them and they don't know how to affect change based on them, they're really just numbers on a chart. Uh, and then lastly, we've worked really hard to build a culture that reinforces all of that. And probably the core principle, and it'll sound maybe a little hokey, but we really try to make people feel like they're valued in our business. We have a very active employee relations program in our company, but it's really not a program that drives it. Um, it's a sense that everyone that shows up every day to work in our company is devoting a significant amount of their time and their energy and, and their heart to what we do. And that needs to be a rewarding and a fulfilling experience for them. So we try to create a work environment and a culture such that every team member at Prime, when they go home at the end of the day, regardless of the slings and arrows and the frustrations of the day, um, you know, they can go in and they can be with their family at night and feel good about their contribution uh, to what we're trying to provide our customers um, and know that they're making a difference. Mm -hmm. That's how we try to do it. I know that sounds very simple, but... Well, we, we have quarterly uh, state-of-the-business meetings with the entire workforce, and um, there's not a uh, session that's, that goes by where it's not, uh, that everyone's not reminded that getting and keeping happy customers is the only way we're going to grow and sustain. So, Jerry, what are these values? So you have clarity of values. What, what are the values that you think make Prime Technological Services what it is? You know, we, we, we're very transparent as a company, and uh, that's, that's a very important aspect. Uh, our customers know the industry has matured pretty, pretty rapidly, um, especially the component industry. So our customers understand and know what their costs should be. So uh, it used to be that, you know, uh, industries would hide a lot of uh, the cost structure, frankly. Mm -hmm. We're pretty transparent in that regard, and that's a big part of, of wh who we are to our customer. Uh, they see exactly what they're paying for. And how does transparency show up for your employees? Well, it shows up in, uh, we, we, we run the company on a fairly open book basis. Uh, you know, my philosophy uh, in, in working with my team and leading the company is um, no one's interests are served uh, by uh, them not knowing exactly where we stand, how we're performing, uh, how we're being perceived in the marketplace. Um, what our growth prospects are, is our company making money, is our company financially healthy, uh, and, and how does that manifest itself in terms of the day-to-day -day work experience? And, and of course, eventually that touches on every employee's personal economics in the business. That's an example. Jerry mentioned the state of the business, um, the state of the business meetings. Uh, those, are, those are really just sort of almost familial gatherings. We sit around as a team, even though it's 100 people, it's a big team, uh, at least for us. And we have a conversation about our business and how it's going. And, and to get back to the whole values point, you know, we, we try to use those meetings and the, the back to the communication rhythm. Every employee in Prime has a team meeting at the beginning of every workday where, you know, mm -hmm. we're talking about not only the challenges of the day and what we've got to get done, what we've got to execute that's in front of us, but we use those 
we use those huddles. We call them daily huddles. We use those to reinforce some of these things that we're talking about. And um, you asked Jerry uh, about values. He talked about one, which was transparency. The others are um, first customer centricity, which I think uh, Jerry touched on at the very beginning of the interview. Um, I say this, I've said it every quarter for seven years, the only key to long-term job security in a free market economy is getting and keeping happy customers. And I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a single team member in our business that can't quote that verbatim. Uh, that's a great tweet. Probably, we, we'll, we'll put that out <laughs> over the next one. That's a great one. Well, well, thank you. So that's sort of number one. N- number two is to get back to this topic of innovation and speed of innovation. We're an entrepreneurial company. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur, my partners and I are entrepreneurs, and we serve entrepreneurs. Now, they may be entrepreneurs that are embedded in a product division of a tier one or a Fortune 100 company. It may be an entrepreneur that's bringing some startup, that's in a startup that's bringing a new product to market. But we try to create that entrepreneurial mindset in the business because entrepreneur, the, the, the best definition I ever heard of what is entrepreneurism. Other than on, being crazy. Other than being crazy. But <laughs> on, uh, uh, Bill Salmon, who was one of my professors in college, said entrepreneurism is the relentless pursuit of opportunity without regard to constraints of resources. And that really, in our business, that's all about finding ways to say yes. We don't say yes to everything because at the end of the day, we're running a business as well. And we, 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 have, to, we have to make intelligent resource deployment decisions. But we try to teach people that there is an immense power commercially in saying yes and then being able to back it up with capability. So number two is entrepreneurism and, and how it lives and, and, and breathes in our company. And then last, back to the, the culture piece, um, it, it comes back to individual initiative. We try to send a message to our team that if you want to go somewhere and work in an environment for eight hours a day and have someone tell you what to do, this is probably not the place for you because in this business, because of what we do, we expect, we encourage, and we reward individual initiative, particularly initiative that's driven at satisfying the customer. And we find that that coupled with the transparency and, and, and we talk a lot about integrity in the business, we, I've found those four values to be They've been real drivers in our success, and you know, quite frankly, whether you're whether you're you're building widgets or uh, whatever business you're in, I, I think they're um, I think they're pretty powerful organizing principles for a business. Thank you, and and I'm very intrigued. It's important for me on the show to get beyond platitudes, right? Sure. So to to get beyond platitudes, so how? Because it's really great for a CEO to say, I want every single, all hundred of those people to feel special right. and valued and like they're a, a partner in creating this amazing enterprise. Right. But how do you actually have somebody feel special every day? So you, they get to this huddle, their voice is heard. That's certainly one thing. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other things that you do to make your employees feel like they are actually valued members of a team and that, you know, you, that you care, for lack of a better word? Right. Again, uh, um, this is what we do. So uh, it, it may sound hokey or, or maybe a bit platitudish, but the most powerful tool in that is intermittent positive reinforcement to people. You know, going out of your way and being extremely deliberate to find people that are doing things well and doing them right and letting them know on a day-to-day basis, A, how important it is, 
and B, how much you appreciate the fact that they're doing it. I mean, we have the, the appreciation programs that I'm sure a lot of companies do. I mean, we personally acknowledge our employees, you know, on their birthday, we do a lot for their families. Um, Prime example. Yeah, we we have something in the business called Prime Example, which is an award that we give quarterly to a handful of of our companies. These are all Mm peer-nominated. And and sort of Prime Example award winners are are people who have been recognized during the previous quarter for going above and beyond the call of duty. So, for example, um, it's late on a Friday afternoon. We're running an alpha run of prototypes for a customer that really, really needs them over the weekend because their engineering staff is going to debug them and try to get a rapid turnaround. Employee gets in his car uh, at five, five o'clock on a Friday afternoon and fights rush hour traffic to drive 60 miles across you know, the metropolitan area to drop it off at an engineering center so that the customer's needs can be met. That's, just, that's a real world example, but it's, it's just one. Finding, pe- you know, finding opportunities to reward people, not financially, but to reward them just in terms of letting you know that they, you value and appreciate that behavior and how important it is in the overall scheme of the the value that we're trying to create as an enterprise. That's what we try to do. And, and you know, we're like, we're like every company. I mean, sometimes we do it well. And, you know, quite frankly, sometimes we don't do it so well. But we really try to keep it top of mind. Mm, great. So as we close the show, what are some of the things that are happening at, at Prime that you think CEO listeners would be interested in knowing? New markets, new verticals, new new technology? Sure. Um, uh, probably the, the, the vertical that, not necessarily a vertical, but the technology that we're seeing in a lot of different industries and product markets, because that's the fun thing about being at Prime. I mean, we're building products for the energy industry. We're building products in, in medical. We're building products in military and aerospace. Um, probably about the only vertical out there we don't really touch is consumer, and that mm. has to do with volume and economics of our business. But the, the, the thing that I'm most excited about that I see across all of those verticals is kind of the combination of sensing technology, the ability to capture information real time mm. about anything, bring it up into a database, which we'll call big data, um, and then the explosion of analytics and algorithms that are designed to mine that data and really provide predictive information and anticipating problems or anticipating solutions. We just see that in a lot of industries. That's probably the thing I think I'm most excited about because I believe that is, that's probably the next really, really big wave in business applications for technology is, and it's, it's embedded in the whole concept of the internet of things and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting to this $200 billion, excuse me, 200 billion connected devices around the world. But, but the thing that's really driving it is the confluence of sensing technology, the ability to capture and analyze large amounts of data, and then utilize that not as data, but as information, information that's actionable um, to either go exploit an opportunity in a market or to inform someone of a problem before they even know that it's a problem. And I, Go ahead. The, the opportunity to be exposed to uh, new ideas and, and technologies on almost a daily basis is pretty exciting. Just walking down the street, going into hospitals, police stations, schools, you look around and it's something that we either were part of or could be part of. Great, 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 great. 
And thank you, uh, Greg and Jerry, for sharing with me and our listeners these important technology trends that you CEOs really, really need to know. And thank you, listeners, for um, being here with us on CEO Exclusive Radio. So on today's show, we talked with Greg's, Greg Chestnut and Jerry Stern of Prime Technological Services, a contract manufacturing firm that has been on the Inc. 5000 list for four years in a row. And on Thursday, you can check out our blog where we're going to tell you about the other nine trends that we didn't get a chance to discuss today. And you can uh, find out more about the show and Greg and Jerry and Prime at CEOExclusiveRadio.com. Thank you so much for joining us and have a productive, profitable, and very prosperous week. Thanks for having us. This show is brought to you by Anona Enterprises, where strategy is your access to money and performance. Learn more at AnonaEnterprises.com.